Welcome everybody to the next episode of the Upscale Podcast. You're here again with myself, Nate, and Mitch. Mitch, no arena today though. No arena at all. I did ask if we wanted to get the mannequin. We'd have a mannequin in the um, storage closet. It was a hard no from me. It was a hard yes for me. (laughs) I thought we could get a mannequin sitting next to us and we could ask questions to the mannequin and then we could say the response that we think Arena would give. People are going to be wondering why we got a mannequin though. I think you need to elaborate a little bit further on this. Let's leave that for another episode. Okay, leave them wondering. Leave them wondering. Mate, what are we talking about this week? Uh, let's well, well, let's slow it down a little bit. How's your week been? My week's been good. Yeah, what have you been doing? Well, actually, this morning, surfing, mm-hmm. mate took a head a headbutt from a surfboard and is unfortunately in hospital right now with a fracture and uh, bleeding on the brain. So a little bit of a sketchy morning, a bit sad. Life's precious, isn't it? It is. You recently had something pretty heavy happen to you too. I did. Uh, Monday, Monday driving back from uh, Gold Coast, Brisbane area. Um, got clipped on the back, going 100 k's an hour. Um, got clipped on the back, spun out into a wall, and then T-boned. Mm. Car's a full write-off. The team here has seen the car. What do you think of the car? Out of 10, how's it looking? It's not a 10 anymore. It's, so, not, yeah. it's not a 10 anymore. It was a 10 before, but it was it's a 10. not anymore. It's not anymore. Uh, had to have the back doors cut off, the back door cut off to get yeah. out. And, um, yeah, life is precious. And hearing your story, we were just talking about that before, I feel like there's a lot of little things like this coming up at the moment mm. about how precious life is and how you just, it's not that you, like, you never know. And, I, like, I get that. You don't ever know what's going to happen next or where you're at, but... I feel like there's so many things in this life that we like are scared to do or that we don't do or that we don't move forward with because of whatever, whether it be external influences or preconceived ideals or anything. But when stuff like that happens, man, you got one. You got one shot, one life. Do you remember your last life? No. I don't. No. Any of the stuff here? No. No one else remembers their past life in this. I mean, maybe someone does and they don't want to say it, but I don't. You don't. <laughs> And if, look, if you do, please reach out. Um, we'd love to hear about it. Love to hear what you what happened in the past life. Notice everyone's always famous in their past life. Yeah, like they're always a general, or they're yeah, always yeah, like yeah. someone when weird. I, when I was queen of the Nile Egyptians, yeah, <laughs> queen of the Nile. But um, I can't remember it, and you know, I can remember what I've done in this one. And I think it's really important that we all really just take it for what it is and enjoy it, yeah. have some fun, and make movement. And that's why we, I guess we do what we do, right? That's mm. why we're in, in business. That's why we, we move towards trying to achieve the freedom we can in our lives mm. because uh, it is only one life we've got and it's, it, you don't want to waste that life, you know? Yeah. A couple of the clients I've had since Monday have actually said, I've become more direct mm. and I'm a pretty direct coach anyway, mm. but um, I was on the call this morning. We were doing a bit of a, an evaluation, uh, myself and the accountant with one of our clients around a business they're looking at purchasing. And I kind of just like pulled them up. I said, guys, you know, we're on track for in the next six months, you guys have the dream life, earning massive amounts of profit. You know, the last bit of time we've worked together, we've now got to the point, massive amounts of profit, massive freedom. What are you wanting to take on another business for with, you know, nine plus staff? Mm. It's at the back end. You know, it hasn't really started to get some traction going. Massive, massive amount of outlay. Why? Mm. Yeah, I think we just got to take some things into account sometimes and just understand how lucky we are and how beautiful life is if we just let it flow. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we talking about? So I I feel like we know what we're talking about. I feel like it was going in another direction there for a moment, but we're 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 back on topic. I would never plan something. So let's just let's go out of where I was. Let's go. What are we doing? What's the other topic? 
I would like to talk about onboarding your first billable resource. So what to do, look, you, you you come into coaching or you find yourself in the space where you've now got staff and, and you've hired somebody. What do I do with that staff member now they've come on board? How do I get them up to speed and get them making money as soon as possible? Yep. I think, I think if you talk about objective, like the objective of a hire in this case is to do exactly what you said. Get them making you money as soon as possible. So everything that we do is ultimately geared towards that. Now you can add other outcomes, which might be long game, but on the short game, the quickest and possible most part, the the quickest thing we're trying to achieve is to get someone to a point where they are now paying for themselves mm-hmm. and making some profit. Because if they don't make profit, what's the point of having it? Yeah. We can go back a step, but and ultimately most onboarding is the same. Yep, there's going to be fundamental things that we want. Um, our new hires and staff to um, get up to to scratch on. And I think let's focus on that first. And then let's talk about in specific cases of the service, the clients that we work with now, mm-hmm. what might be a little bit different for them. I think also like what we need to prepare for. Yeah, let's well. go pre. Yeah. Let's talk pre yeah. and then work into it. And I, I guess the the first and the foremost is vehicle and, and finance for that vehicle. Like how we, we need to make sure that we've got the the resources available for the new staff to start and actually get out there on the road and, and see clients and complete work. Yep. Well, it's, it's bigger than that. It's resources that the billables require to actually go and generate income. Mm. So, yep, it can be vehicles. It could be racking. It could be stock. It could be phones. It could be iPads. It can be essentially anything that those people need to go and do their job because we don't want to have people rock up and then they're like, oh, I can't do this because I don't have that. You meant to provide me with that. Yep. We want a really nice, seamless space. We want people to arrive on the day and almost walk into the, mm. the new business and go, wow, there's the car or there's my office or there's my mm. laptop or there's my iPad or there's my phone or there's my uniform. They feel appreciated. And this is the thing as well. When you are a small business owner, a lot of the time when you've been advertising, you try not to sound too small. Mm-hmm. And if these things aren't organized and well laid out before the person starts, it yep. can leave an impression of, oh, this guy's unorganized or this this business doesn't know what they're doing. Yep. So it's really important to have those fundamental pieces in place. Yep. So first thing, let's say resources, which are tangible things that people need to actually do the job they're coming in to do. Mm-hmm. Secondly, let's look at it in like a cloudy space. And by cloudy, I mean the IT. You know, we want to make sure they've got their emails set up, mm-hmm. any logins that they'll need for dish- different applications mm-hmm. and different programs. Business cards. Business cards. Collateral. Collateral, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Thirdly, let's look at our own liabilities and our own business structure and let's make sure we've added them to the insurance. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, all the details from there that, that we need to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. We've got their super details. We've got, we've just got all the information we need so that we can give it to the people that we need to give it to yeah. so that they're now covered within our business. And so they're not prompting us later mm-hmm. on down the track. Where's my pay? I haven't been yeah. paid super. You yeah. know, all this stuff will really leave a, a bad taste in someone's mouth if they have to come to you and ask for it. Yeah. Fourth is I think people really need to understand the importance of that culture space. Mm-hmm. When you're onboarding someone, you want them to understand what it means to work for you. It's it's like a relationship. I tie everything always. back to relationships. I always do. <laughs> Every time. But it's like it's like the false advertising space. You know how people they get in these relationships and on their best behavior at the start. Holy shit, do I hate this? All right. <laughs> They're on their best behavior at the start. And then you get to know the real them. And they say all these things at the start about this and that and whatever. And then over the next couple of weeks or months, it unpacks. You get to see the real. If anyone's watching this on YouTube, I've laid down. 
I mean, I feel like I'm in a counseling session right now, but I'm not. Okay. But I'm saying, and it's one of those things that I feel it makes me really sad when I hear about people's relationships and they're talking about this to me. And so I want to put this into a business context. Make sure that who you show up as on the first day is actually authentically you as a business owner, as what the business is. Because if it's not, two weeks down the track, three weeks, four weeks, a month, whatever, when the new staff member, aka boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, anyone listening for relationship advice, um, sees this side of you for the first time, it's a shock. And they freak out and they want to retract. And that's when if you look at like normal attrition ratios in staffing, people leave normally within the first month to three months mm-hmm. because things weren't how they thought they would be. Yeah. And we've all had that experience going to an employer mm-hmm. where, you know, you were promised a thing. It all looked really bright and shiny from the outside. And then as you got mm. to know them better, the cracks started to appear. Yeah. So be authentically you. And I think as a business owner, I understand that we can change and things can come up, but it's a, it's, it's a really important thing to identify, to understand that no matter how big or small you are, that culture space is important. Mm. Make sure you take your team out or do things once a month. Yep. Make sure you have consistent meetings in place. Yep. And make these people in the onboarding process aware of all these things that are going to happen, all these things that that, that get done. Mm. Hey, we've got huddles. We've got team meetings on these days and these days. Yep. yep we go out once a month to have a barbecue or have some food here. Once a quarter, we go and do this event. Once a year, we go and have a party here. Whatever it is that you do, if you're going to promise it, you have to deliver. Oh, it. you can't. You can't just. You can't put it out there in the ether and never ever deliver. You have mm-hmm. to make sure that you are focused on delivering these things. That's business in general, but it's life in general. It's lo- it's life in man. You are wise. <laughs> that beard. Yeah, wizard. If you shaved it, do you reckon you'd become less wise? Uh, no. Do you reckon I've been as wise since I started trimming my beard a little shorter? Maybe you got a little bit wiser. Whoa. Mm. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, in life, we we say something, we do it. All right. So we've talked about team culture space and how that can be important and making sure that at the end of the day, we do what we say and we have some fun times. Yeah. I think the culture piece is so important. So we, again, I, I live with, you know, making money being the primary focus. Yeah, but you make more money the more with you give culture. in the culture space. Yeah, exactly. Harvard Research did a thing. A thing. They did a study. Yep. Um, Harvard Business School did a study and they found that the return on investment when it comes to culture in a business is 11 to 1. Mm. So for every dollar you invest into your team on a culture space, this does not, culture is not you go and buy, buy my uniform. Mm. That's not culture. That's not culture. Or beers on a Friday afternoon, no, afternoon no. at the shed. That's not a good culture. <laughs> no. That's just you want an excuse to write off your beer consumption. Yeah. Let's be real. Uh-huh. And even then you can't do it. But you you guys can talk about that. But at the end of the day, it's about you put that money in, you're going to get an 11 to 1 return. So spend a 1,000 bucks, you're going to get 11,000 bucks. Do you want 11 grand? Yeah. Give me a 1,000. No. <laughs> okay. But this is the thing. I want you all to hear this. Put money into your businesses and it will come out in yeah. droves yeah. in that space. In the right places. Yeah. Okay. So we've got those, let's let's call those the theoretical things. Yeah. Someone shows up. What are we going to do now? What do we actually have to do? Yeah. So it, it all comes down to timing as well. And it is great to plan these things out. But sometimes you put out a job ad right away. Someone jumps on it. They're ready to go it's right now. It's happened to us recently. Recently. Yep. And everyone out there that we're speaking to is, is really struggling with the hiring part right now. So- 
we need to be able to think on our feet and we need to be able to put some quick practical things into place to try and get these new staff members up to speed mm-hmm. while maintaining face, while yeah. maintaining the sense that we know what's going on and we are in control. Yeah. So one of the ways that we do this around like what they're actually going to be doing in regards to their roles and all this kind of stuff is uh, we build out the kind of like the task allocations and we utilize Asana. Asana is really But you can use tool. Monday, you could use spreadsheets, you could, whatever it is that you want. Mm. But the beauty of Asana is that we outline all the different things, kind of what we expect on a daily, on a weekly, on a monthly, on a quarterly basis that that staff member will be doing. Mm. Yep. And let's just let's just use an example of an electrical contracting company. Mm. It might be as simple as that these people, when they start the day, they get on the phone and they call all the people, all the clients that they're going to go to the homes of or businesses of that day and do work for. Mm-hmm. That might be the first thing that sits on that on an onboarding list so that they learn that this is how we this do business. This is the business. expectation. This is the expectation of flow. And you have to set that from the start. Yeah. You know, if you just let them go and do their own thing, they're going to form bad, bad habits, which are going to be harder to break. If they create the good habits from the beginning, it means that it's going to continue and only grow from there. Yeah. So I'm a big believer in, and I know I've said this before, I don't like plans, but I do like giving people an organic, which means it's malleable. It can change. If they can find a better way to do it, cool. Mm. But I want to give them some form of baseline around what I expect in their day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month of working in the company so that it's also a space that they can have the expectations met. Mm -hmm. Because so many of us out here get annoyed at our staff for not doing stuff, but we've never told them what we want them to do. Mm -hmm. So I think in an onboarding space, it's really good to identify and let people know this is what I expect from you each and every day. So what's required of the job? Yep, what are the required? day-to-day tasks? Yep. And I, I think in there as well, we need to add in a bit of uh, time management as well. Like mm-hmm. Help them carve out their calendar. Help them build out the space where they can actually look at their week and find time to do each of these things. If you just overwhelm them with a list and, and leave it at that, chances are a lot of things on that list are going to be left off. I think you've just raised a really good point that people oversee so much when they're dealing with stuff help them Mm. in general Mm. it's like we all expect them to come in and work as hard as they can and do all these things no one's ever going to work as hard as you as a business owner and if they do they're a unicorn marry them whatever (laughs) um but is help people support them understand that they are people Mm. like put the humanization into it understand the human element that is comprised to create that person yeah understand their limitations as well yeah and want to help them because at the end of the day if we look at it like staff are not there to help business owners to look after business owners to do everything for business owners a business owner manager leader is there to help the staff yeah to take care of the staff and then the staff take care of the clients and then the clients in turn take care of the owner and the leaders yeah and this means that they're happy and the, the business and the morale of the team will will, will be continuous. It's like a cycle. Yep. Yeah. So as you said, I think that helping component is really, really important. And if, you know, if, if someone comes in and they're not up to where you wanted them to be, I think it comes down to, to you as a person to understand that you just have to help them. Yeah. And build out a bit of a plan on how you're going to get from A to B. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. a roadmaps. Exactly the same. Yeah. You're here right now. This is your skill set. This is what we want you to move towards. This is what's required. We're going to help you carve out your calendar. We're going to build a development plan for you to get to this point if you don't feel you're there right now. Yep. Progression. And that career progression is a really important part of that culture piece as well. Mm-hmm. 
It's the longevity. Like we can onboard someone perfectly. And you know what? If they're bored after a year or they see no place oh to go. <laughs> done. Onboarding done. They're out. Yeah. And then it's like, what? it doesn't matter how good your onboarding process is. You've ultimately lost that that whole that whole space. Yeah. I think it's also really good when you're going through this onboarding process to document it as well. Mm-hmm. Like as you do hire more staff, if you, for instance, record these, you know, if we're talking about systems and how to use them, you can record you going through these systems and how to utilize them into a simple recording. So the next staff member that starts, you don't have to sit there for four hours and show them the ins and outs of the program. Also, further on down the track, if the new staff member has any questions about how to utilize that program, they can simply refer back to the recording and see exactly what you showed them right then and there. Look, we've got a live example of this today. You know, we have a new staff member um, in office today and Arena, who was training her, yep, was sick. And because we have recordings, Mm -hmm. we have videos of processes and past examples and so forth of how we do things, that onboarding process, that learning can still occur. Mm -hmm. And you can utilize Zoom, you can utilize Loom, Mm. um, and you you can document it and things like that, but recordings are powerful. I think you need to look at it in a couple of different ways. Mm -hmm. Recording, video, because people like that, audio, and then also in a written structure. Definitely. Everybody learns differently and it's important to have those different modalities in there. Yep. Um, and having that central training library, as your team grows, you're going to be hiring more people. You're going to be repeating this task more and more and more. It just means that people are going to get up to speed quicker. It's going to be less questions and less demands on you as a business owner. Yep. Yep. Um, I've worked with quite a few like recruitment specialists or culture specialists in my time. And a couple of exercises that I've seen them do is they also, in the onboarding process, do some love language stuff, Yeah. some disc assessments. Um, some uh, Wealth Dynamics or Colby. Um, Mm. There's lots of different profiling software out there and programs and so forth out there. But the more that you can understand a staff member that's coming into the business in that initial place. What they feel, how they tick, those kinds of things, you can can work out how to relate to them. Yes. Instead of just forcing your way of things onto people, find out how they work, what, what gets them going, what motivates them, what frustrates them. And you can tailor how you as a business owner approach them rather than expecting them to change to suit you. Which is ridiculous because if you think about it, well, it's ridiculous in the sense that if we're talking about hiring and creating great businesses and building, I want to hire people that are better than me. Mm. I want to hire people that are smarter than me. And so to try and get them to conform to how I do things is ridiculous. It's not smart. No, It goes against the whole point. I want to remove myself from a business. I want to get to a point of business where I can depend on the other people which means that, yeah, sure, I might have a baseline of what is required and how I expect them to show up and so forth. But my challenge to everyone is come in and show me how you can do this better, how you can increase efficiency, how you can get more customer dollars from each client, how you can sell higher, how you can, whatever it is, whatever industry or business I'm in, it's ultimately, here's my baseline, show me how you do it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the onboarding process is just there to establish a great baseline of how we do things here but it also has to be an inspirational space that creates leaders and creates people who want to grow and scale your business. So we've set the expectation. This is the role. This is what it entails. Here's your growth plan within that. And this is what we're going to do, the actionable steps to get you there. I think now there's a component of how do we show that person what we do? Because you, you can teach it and tell it to the cows come home. Mm-hmm. You need to set an example 
It's like actions speak louder than words. All the time. Let's go back to relationships mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's how do we show people that we care for them? How do we show people that we love them? We any, do the stuff with them in actions. Anyone can say anything. Anyone can say anything. Yeah. So I think a big component of this, if we're talking about our clients and we advise this, is make sure that the new staff members are going out with and spending time with the top tier of your staff. Yeah, definitely. Yourselves, whether it be you as an owner. And if you can identify that someone's better than you, well done. Firstly, well done, because they hope most of them probably are. But secondly, is then let them go out and let them be taught by others. Mm. You know, let them learn like how to walk and how the business actually acts and behaves mm-hmm. from people that are in your business showing up every day, doing what you want them to do and how you want it done. Mm. This can also be a really good space to get some feedback on how things are going out there as well. Mm. Somebody who's new and they're motivated and quite engaged with the process will pick up whether things are working well, if they're efficient, if they're not. If something confuses them and they're coming back and asking questions around the process, there might be something to look at there. Yep. Yep. And another, like a, a part of this is, and we dealt with a client with this recently, it's like don't stick them in, in like don't stick them with your highest billable resource for, for months. No. You know, don't put two people that can effectively do work by, by themselves autonomously together for too long. Mm. Put them there for a period of time so they can understand the way that we do things. Yeah. Like what's the upscale way? Mm. You know, what's the GEE electrical way? What's the Nixon electric way? Like what's the way that they do things? That's what you want to teach them. Yeah. How, yeah. how we interact, how yes. we, we show up, how we what a customer can come to expect. Um, it, all really important things to show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think from there as well, like by putting your putting your staff out with somebody initially as well. If you are poor on time, it buys you a little bit of time to get some of the things in the back end organized and, and sorted if they haven't been already. Yep. So that could be the vehicle. That could be some of the equipment. Like I, I know sometimes you've got to think on your feet and do these things. So it can be utilized to, to buy yourself some space to sort things out. Yep. And that's a really important thing, especially if you are like this is your first hire or your second, or, you know, you're at a point where things have been busy and you're just being quite reactive. Mm. I want people to stop aiming for perfection. Mm. Like you said it before, your your onboarding process is going to change over time. Don't be sitting here going, I can't hire someone because I don't have an onboarding process. What we're trying to give you here is a bit of a framework around what that could look like. But if you're someone that's going to sit in analysis paralysis and be like, I've got to get all this stuff done before I hire, shut up yeah like go and make the hire and make it work like it's so hard to find great talent and yeah. good people if, if the right person comes along you've just got to make it work but that person will also understand mm. where you're at in business if you're just starting out or you know it's a second your second hire or something if that is the perfect candidate for your business they will understand that that's a part of your method to the madness mm. and they will be accommodating of that they're not going to sit, walk in the door and expect this and expect that. Yes, we want it all there. And that's the dream. But nine times out of 10, it's not how it happens. And next time, it'll probably it'll be better. Different. There is no way you can pre-plan all of this. Like you are going to experience some of this stuff and have to learn on your feet. It does help to have a bit of a plan. But it, it also crafts you as an individual. Mm. It crafts you as a business owner, as an entrepreneur to understand that, you know what? Things are going to go wrong. Mm. That's one of the gifts of being an entrepreneur is that you develop the ability or have the ability to have that attitude where you will go above and beyond no matter how many times you fail. 
that you have an outcome that you are trying to achieve. And you know what? A hurdle getting in your way does not defeat you. No. It inspires you to go higher. What can I learn from this? What and can what I will learn? I do next time? Yes. What will I do different? What will I do the same? Mm. Does it matter? Was this a one-off? It's just, yeah. it's just crazy how many people aim for perfection on their first try. Yeah. So I think that's a, a big part of this is, yes, we're talking about all these things that you can do and it would be a perfect world that you have, but please don't put roadblocks in your way that don't need to be there. I think from there, the next thing that stands out for me is those weekly, monthly catch-ups mm-hmm. that you have ongoing with your team. If you don't have those and you don't have a regular meeting set out, it can be really quite hard for the new employee to let you know what's going on or just to feel like you know they're being heard or seen throughout this process as well. Yep. The training component, we did a podcast on it recently, is one of the most important parts of growing out that culture and improving your staff members and, and essentially getting more out of them if they are a billable resource or a sales staff member. Um, spending the time and getting to know people and helping them grow throughout the business is really important. Yep. Yep. If we go back for a step, exactly what you've just said here, that's where that Asana sheet, if you're listing out all the tasks, you also list out the achievements. What are the outcomes you'd like by end of day one, by end of day three, by end of week, by end of month, by end of whatever, Mm -hmm. because then you're also showing them what you're expecting, what level of competency you're expecting by a certain date. And you've got, to, you've got to be there with the accountability piece as well. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to show up and support them consistently to be moving towards those goals and those targets. You just can't set and forget. You're going to have to constantly come back and go, here are the things we've identified. This is what we're working on. This is what you need to do. Yeah. Because I guarantee you that person will see all the systems and things and, and stuff that's going on and they'll identify their own focuses and move off the original plan. In those catch-ups, it's really important that we just bring people back to the core fundamental things that we're working on. Yep. A great leader is able to get A-grade results out of B-grade talent. Yeah. You know, and I mean that respectfully for everyone. You know, yes, we want to hire the best that we can, and yes, that's our ultimate game. But you know, attitude reflects leadership. And ultimately, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it's it's about you building this space where your business can thrive no matter what you put into it. And what, what is B-grade B talent anyway? It is somebody who has a gap in education, knowledge, yep. things that can be overcome. I've seen many people come into a business with a really basic level of understanding, but the right attitude. And, and with, crush it. Just with the right support. It yep. comes down to how they're supported. If you don't support them, they will not grow. It's like having a, planting a seed and not water, watering it. Yeah, which is, and it's like how hiring should be based off mindset. You know, we don't, it's very rare that you'll hire off the technical ability of someone because in that space, you know what? No, they might not have any gaps, but gaps are always present in business. Mm. Gaps come. They might not have a gap right now, but you know what? Six months down the track, when your business has evolved, they may have a gap there and they don't have the mental capacity or the drive or the want or desire to actually grow internally and go to that next level. Mm. So I think exactly what you're saying here is, it comes massively down to what is B-grade talent. They're just someone that has a gap. Mm. And you as a leader need to learn that in your onboarding process, you're trying to fill as many of those gaps as quickly as you can Mm -hmm. to get someone to a fully utilized billable resource. I've got a question for you. Oh, have you you had a question for me yet? Not yet. First day for everyone. Ready? Ready? Go for it. So great. We've got our first employee. Yep. 
and or they might not be the first, but we've got our employee. How do we keep them? How do we keep them happy? Because I think that's it's one thing we don't want that turnover of staff. We don't constantly want to be repeating this process. What do we need to do to make sure that we keep this person? Because we are going to be investing so much of our time and energy into training them. We want to keep them. All right. Deep answer. Deep answer. First thing, Nate, it's not up to you to keep anyone happy. Happiness comes from within. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay. Now, real answer here. Ultimately, I think the first thing is but some level of acceptance around that, firstly, not everyone's always going to be happy. I think that's a really important thing in business. And understand that your staff, no matter how much you are giving, no matter how much you're providing the space that you think is exactly what they need, and they may express it's exactly what they need, things are going to happen in their external world, externally outside of you and the business that may impact their happiness. So therefore, what you do is at the be-all and end-all. That's the first thing. But what that means is it needs to open up a space where you have communication with your staff. You're able to talk with them freely, or if it's not you and the business has gotten big enough, there needs to be someone in the business that can talk freely with the staff and understand what they're going through at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Because I might think that you're slacking off. I might think that you have no appreciation for the business anymore and you're over it. But you know what? You've got some stuff going on at home and you're just dealing with it the way you can. You're shutting down, you're closing down. And so as a business owner, I feel I've always been really intuitive around that space. And I've also put people into businesses that are really good at that so that they can have a bit of a pulse check on what people are feeling in the business. Mm -hmm. So firstly, happiness doesn't just come from within. There's also a lot of external factors in that that impact there. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we go back to the culture space, okay? But we also look at it on a love language basis. Mm -hmm. Everyone feels appreciated and loved and nurtured and cared for in so many different ways that you actually need to look at that and build in different components of what you offer within your business to actually nurture those things. Yeah, Some people love connecting with others lots and they miss that in certain styles of business. Mm -hmm. You need to work out how you can facilitate that. Some people love going out on a Friday afternoon for some beers. Mm. Cool. If that's what, it, what some of the people in your business need, and I'm not advocating beers and alcohol or anything like that, but if they need connection, then give them that in some form of capacity. This is, this is what I was thinking. It was, if you understand what motivates a person, you can understand how they're going to act. Yeah. And it's really important that you find out what this person is coming to your employment for and what they would expect to be happy. You know, yeah. what, what is going to satisfy them in the role? And you, you have to make sure that everybody's going to be different. There's no out-of-the-box solution for everybody. So you have to have to address each person differently. You have to address each person differently. But you also have to understand that you have certain limitations. Yeah, you can't keep everybody You happy. can't keep everybody happy. And that's what I was talking about at the start. You mm -hmm. have to have a level of acceptance that, you know what, sometimes it's just is. Mm -hmm. Yep. But yes, you want to build a structure, a community within your company that ultimately is cohesive of a happy environment. Yeah. A good yep. framework. Good remuneration. Frequent pay increases. Does, I don't care if it's only a couple of cents. When we say good. What are we talking? We're talking middle what, to high, right? No, I'm talking the market determines what someone's, someone is worth. Yeah. You don't. No. I don't. I don't care who you think you are as a business owner. You do not determine what someone's worth. The market does. Neither does the award, really. If, Let's be honest. If anyone here is paying anyone the award, you're literally saying to someone, I can't pay you less. <laughs> yeah. If I could pay you less, I would. But yeah. you know what? My hands are tied. Yeah. So this is all you're getting. Yeah. So one, pay above award. 
But two, understand the market determines what staff are worth. Yeah. If you're if you have two staff members, one can generate you or work with 30 clients a week and the other can work with 50. And you know what? The churn rate is the same. How many people leave or go is the same. Then you know what? The one that can do more is worth more. Pay accordingly. Mm. If you're sitting in a space where it's like you're a plumbing company and you've got, you've got one guy that can bill uh, 80K a month and you've got another that can only bill 40, mm. pay the one that can do 80 more. You have to pay your people. This is why people come to work. That's, I mean, the primary focus of going to work yeah. is to make money. Have you ever been to work before just because you wanted to go to work? No. Nah. No, neither. <laughs> neither. You ever started a business because you just wanted... I've never had a not-for-profit and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. My space is, this is how I generate business. I've worked with a lot of not-for-profits and helped them to grow. But for me, ultimately, it's all sitting here based on effectively getting more revenue and getting to a point where we're making more profit in business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're trying to make people happy, trying to keep people long-term, consistent pay rises, not going to tell you what to do, but minimum once a year. Mm -hmm. And no, it doesn't have to be anything big. Consistent performance reviews because people like to know how they're going and then also making sure that what comes up in those you are fixing. You are helping them to achieve greatness in those areas that they have gaps. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think the, the other component that stands out for me when somebody is looking for a job is the work-to-life ratio, the, the work-life balance. I think when we're talking about culture, we've got to look at ways that we can infuse a bit more of that work-life balance, uh, what we can do in our our team setting to to make people feel like they're they're part of a family and enjoy the space where they work, not just coming in purely for the dollar, because that will only make people happy for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I had someone say to me the other day, um, why don't you work more? If you want to earn more, why don't you work more? And it comes down to that like I enjoy the work-life balance that I have. Mm. And I think that as business owners, we have to learn to be smarter than just thinking that we work more to make more. Mm. Like, of course, that's a fundamental concept of it. The more we put in at the start, like the more we turn up the volume, the more we're going to hear and get. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're right. It's it's sure the pay matters and it does because that is why we start something. But if we have a great lifestyle, if you have a great lifestyle, would you really leave an employer? Like if you had good money and a great lifestyle, mm. are you going anywhere? No, I'm staying. I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. Right, what else? You got anything else? That's me, man. I think that's a really, really good really, bit. I think that's a really, really good framework for people out there wondering what an onboarding process looks like, mm -hmm. but also what the theory behind it is. Yeah. You know? and How do we show up as owners for our staff to ultimately succeed as quickly as they can? More than anything, just get going. Don't sit, don't overanalyze, as you said it before. Just do it. Just do it. Nike says it best. Nike says it best. Thanks right, for guys. listening, guys. Peace. <laughs>